Hey, y'all. Welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered insight on marriage, divorce, the crazy adventures of co-parenting, and so much more with your hosts, April and Lauren. Not only are we best friends, we are also the wife and former wife of the same man. Join us each week as we take you on a journey inside our wild and chaotic lives and show you how we were able to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively parenting a lot of kids with a few husbands. We're definitely not professionals and we'll probably get you into more trouble than you bargained for but what we do have is a sense of humor street smarts and a few decades of experience under our wife mom and divorcee bill this ain't your mama's podcast Welcome to episode 166 of Past Chaos. Almost missed that intro because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> You're scrolling on your phone, on the TikTok. No, I set a timer. I set a screen, uh, what's it called? Like a screen control on my phone. So I can only use certain social media apps for a certain amount of time each day. I'm going to say you need that. <laughs> I do. I know I do. You can get. Yeah, I can but spiral. Here's you, yeah, here's what you do. You just get on there and that's not the problem. You find somebody that does something weird and then you. I you rabbit hole myself. <laughs> I go down a fucking rabbit hole. What did you find out the other day that we were both very shocked about? It was the Carol Baskin thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That Carol Baskin's husband was, in fact, it's it's alleged that he is alive and well. So she did not, in fact, yeah, kill her kill husband. Wacken. Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. Allegedly. He's hoed up down. But in anyways, if it wasn't due to my. So I need something mind numbing to kind of come down or isolate myself when I'm very overstimulated. I get very easily over, overly stimulated. So TikTok and social media, things that you can mindlessly, numbingly scroll mm-hmm. are a really good way to do that. But so before you know it, you've been on there for hours. Yeah. And you're, then I am in a loop of depression. It, it actually makes my depression worse. So mm-hmm. anyways, I've set myself screen time <laughs> like a little kid. And so now knowing that it's on there, I'm like, oh, man, well, I'm only going to have 45 minutes left. Do I want to waste that now or do I want to waste it later when I've finished my day and I can settle down in bed? So but you can go in and change that. I won't, though. I know myself. I can I can stick to things like that pretty good. Listen, I'm not going to argue with you because I'm trying to keep my distance from you right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Lauren has. And I'm so proud of her because this is all on her own. Like nobody has. And I'm not the person. Here's where I'm not a good friend. If you're doing something bad, I probably most likely will not say you're doing. Don't do that. Yeah, no, she won't. In my mind, I'll be like, man, I really wish they wouldn't do that. But I won't unless it's real. Like if you were on meth, I'd probably probably step in and say, maybe don't do meth. But if it's just like smoking, I guess I I don't know. I care about you. I just don't want to get too much. I'm really in your business a lot. And that's fine. That's so I try to, I have boundaries. Even I have boundaries. (laughs) You set your own. Because clearly it doesn't bother me. Anyway, I say that to say that Lauren has decided on her own that she's going to quit smoking. And she doesn't smoke cigarettes. She does vapes. Yes. But she's decided she's going to. I'm quitting nicotine. Let's be very honest. So I started smoking when I was cigarettes. I started smoking cigarettes when I was 16 years old. I was a junior in high school and I was an avid uh, cigarette smoker. I got pregnant. Cold turkey quit during all my pregnancies. But after I would have these babies, (laughs) something traumatic would happen. and I would pick up cigarette smoking again. Well, after my divorce, my last divorce, I I was bad. I was up to like two packs of cigarettes a day. I don't know if many people know that I was a smoker, but I was a very, very big smoker. And somebody introduced me to vaping. And I slowly throughout the I think it was probably the first or second year that I had been divorced from John. 
I weaned myself off of cigarettes. So I haven't had a cigarette in probably six or seven years, but I've vaped, which is still nicotine. In mm-hmm. fact, it's probably more nicotine than enough nicotine to kill an elephant, if I'm being completely honest. And it's honest. not good nicotine. Not that there's a good one, but if there no. was a good one, so that would not be it. When April asked me, she was like, you know, why are you quitting? Is it because of your health? No, it's because of my goddamn ego. Because <laughs> there's something about being 35 years old and saying that I vape, that I can't live with myself anymore. I'm not going to lie. And please, I hate, I really try to be careful. And I know that I'm not very good at it, but I try to be careful in what I say because I am very honest. I'm an honest person. I like to just say what I feel, mm-hmm. but I know that sometimes what I say is not either politically correct and I don't mean to be or it's just hurtful to some people and I never mean to be but I try to I guess filter myself Mm -hmm. but when I tell you that when vaping kind of first became a thing and people were wearing them as a necklace and puffing on them oh yeah I wanted to punch them in their wieners that's fair because I think it's just you look ridiculous it is completely ridiculous but like that's not my thing and who am I to judge you because I'm sure I do things that people are like I'd really like to punch it became such an addiction for me like I, I I don't have an addictive personality However, that was one. I mean, I've been on, like I said, I have smoked red nicotine in my system since I was 16. I'm 35. It's bad. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm not trying to go cold turkey with this, mind you. I am cold turkey from nicotine, Mm -hmm. but I'm not cold turkey with like the oral fixation of it. Like I have a non-nicotine, very awful vape (laughs) that I I basically hold around. It's in my hand. It's a texture thing, I guess. It's an oral fixation. It's a mouth to hand hand to mouth type of motioning and then i have like a million lollipops i'm only on day two apparently this is like the next 30 days of coming out i mean that's what 16 years of at least eight years of straight nicotine is in my system i'm saying i'm excited to live with you during this time i don't know why i got to be the lucky one that got to live with you while you're doing this but i mean you haven't been bad you're mean on most days. So I'm this always is always mean. I don't feel like that's going to change. <laughs> Nothing's changing. No, nope. I guess I just don't understand it because I don't have an addictive person. I've never been addicted to anything, drugs or alcohol. N- nothing. I mean, not even. I also kind of just for my own knowledge, wanted to see if I could. Oh, that's good. I don't know. I just wanted to see it. Like at some point I've got to, whether I'm 65 or 35, at some point you have to stop doing the mess you know yeah, doing the bad things i remember and i don't know what age but my mama has always smoked but i remember you know i guess i don't know maybe 10 years ago that she just quit mm-hmm. i'm like she's done it all of her life and for her to quit i mean she's in her 80s yeah so that way you have to stop so let me see if i can and we'll just see yeah Ooh, well good luck well, thank you update good luck <laughs> good luck to me okay <laughs> the same roof. are you superstitious yeah uh, yeah i think so So yesterday, I didn't realize until things have been just hectic in our lives lately. I mean, we say that all the time, but really it has. And I think I've just felt like in a fog since the new year. Mm. And I guess around Christmas, you never know what day it is. Mm -hmm. And I haven't known what day is, but we were at the bus stop yesterday, which is the first time that you, Heather, and I have been at the bus stop together in a while. Yeah. I wonder if other people have the same shenanigans that we do at the bus stops. Anyway. I come back in and I look at my phone and it's Friday the 13th. And I was like, oh my gosh, how did I miss this? Normally, I really keep track of it because... Oh, I get so excited. I I do. I get excited. And as a kid, I was always terrified of Friday the 13th. And I think it was because of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I watched it. I'm like, oh no, Jason's going to come and get us and we're all doomed. But now... As an adult, I do remember certain superstitions from childhood that have stuck with me 
through my adult years, like the black cat, which yes. happened to John and I the other day when we were driving <laughs> back from getting groceries. And I'm thinking, well, it can't get any worse. So the black cat's got nothing. But the only other one that I can remember, well, I guess there are two, opening the umbrella inside mm-hmm. and breaking a mirror. Yes. That's it. I don't really remember a whole lot um, of other superstitions. What is it? If you spill a little bit of salt, you're supposed to pour more salt over your, what is it, your left shoulder? Yes. There are some other ones. I can't think of them off the top of my head right now. But yeah, the opening up the umbrella, mm-hmm. the black cat's always a yeah a big one. That black cat, she's gotten me many There's times. one that roams, I swear, in this neighborhood. So. Oh, there is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You and I were watching something, or maybe we were just chatting last night when we came across. No, it was about this the cop, the female cop that evidently had an affair with pretty much her entire yeah. squad, <laughs> police force, police department, yeah. and wherever she's from. And she was fired. Mm-hmm. So it got me to thinking. And I remember this story that's going around right now with the Good Morning America mm-hmm. um, anchors, or I don't know what they are reporters yeah whatever anyway it's the male and the female and they were both married and they They were caught having an affair allegedly allegedly had an affair and now they're getting fired or are fired or what have you but it made me think why do companies get to decide what you do on your personal time i mean i think for a big companies like you know a production company that's obviously airing it's showing they have to be careful because it reflects badly on their, I guess, their corporation or their business. But how? Like how? Because you're telling me out of the thousands of people that Good Morning America I mean, employs. I, I think it's character. I mean, it's so nobody about else character. has ever had an extra. But typically affair. speaking, well, yeah, I'm sure they have, but they have to make a an ex, what is it called? An example. An example out of them. I mean, in the military, for example, affairs are quote unquote illegal. They are in most companies. It's frowned upon to sleep with your coworkers. Or I mean, um, look, I'm not saying that it's right. I don't think that it's right to have them fair. Period. I'm just saying, like, if it, I work for a company and I'm doing a great job right. at my job, right? What happened? What, why does it matter? What why does goes it matter? On what I post life? on social media? What does it matter? What I do? And I my think own for personal their time? case, it happened to be they were coworkers. Like they worked together. So you know, if it was just some random person that they were having in the affair with although i mean john and i were technically co-workers at one point and i lost my job but i lost my job because i got in a fight with his wife you can't be doing that at a bar and she happened to contact my company and i was let go and this one i was like 19 20 years old i've always thought that it's wrong now i've been married to three different military members okay and one of them did me real dirty as far as having an affair. Mm-hmm. Affairs. Mm-hmm. But I never contacted his employment because had he been a plumber, I wouldn't have been able to call his plumbing company and say, oh, you know what? My husband's having an affair. You have to reprimand him because they wouldn't be able to. So why, if I'm married to a military member, am I allowed to call? Well, they have a certain code of conduct. Some companies do. Some companies don't. I mean, I sign you know, a certain thing at my company that I will, I will uphold a, a company code of conduct and conduct myself in a manner that would benefit the company and not bring shame. So like we have a whole thing where you can't sleep with vendors. You can't sleep with your coworkers. I mean, it is frowned upon. I could lose my job. What other things do you think are considered as bringing shame to your job? DUIs. If you got busted, DUI, bar fight. I mean, I, I would think so if something is publicized. So not being on a TV show. I think it could, depending on what you were doing on the TV show. Okay, if you're just talking about your life on a TV then show. maybe not. I wouldn't think so either. But I think it depends. 
Because I think that I'm I mean, a moral person no matter what a TV show decides maybe. to air about me. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. Maybe that's just a sore spot with I me. think it's a little bit of a sore spot. Having someone question my morality because right. of your character. Production company and their what they decide to air about True. my life. So, True. Yeah, that's just. Yeah. But I mean, you were talking about, if we're, if we're going back to what okay, we were actually we're we're talking about, yeah. it was two co-anchors that lost their job because they were having an affair. Yeah. I mean, um, I did, again, I don't think it's right. Also, what you do on your personal time, as long as you're doing a good job for me, I don't know. I don't know that it's my business. I mean, please don't sleep with other people's husbands or yeah. wives. I mean, that's just pretty simple. That seems like very common. Like basic the knowledge. Basics. Yes. Yeah. Doing the bare minimum. Yeah. But, no but if you can't do the bare minimum at your, you know, your morals and your character, then you're probably not going to be able to do the bare minimum at your job. That just, I think it just implies questioning of your actual mindset. Yeah. I get Maybe. it. Well, I had to take Tanner to the dentist this week. And last time we went for his cleaning, Tanner is not a good patient at the doctor or the dentist, quite frankly. He's just never been. And last time it was really bad because it was right after he had gotten his braces off and his teeth, he just didn't take very good care of his teeth. And I know as a mom, it's my responsibility, but as a teenage boy, at some point I got to put a little bit of the responsibility on himself. And by no means, <laughs> you're over there laughing, I already know, this is not a dig at you and your oral health, okay? This is me as a mom. She's venting to the wrong person with this. <laughs> My point is that last time we went, they were not happy with how he was not caring for his teeth, okay? So this time... Do you want me to go with Tanner next time? Please. It'll definitely look like he's more my child. Please, please, please. So and as, as a person that's worked in the dental office for six years, that really bothered me. I'm like, you cannot have bad teeth. That's embarrassing to me because I know what you're supposed to do. Anyway, I love our dentist that we go to now. And the hygienist came out and sat down beside me and she's like, I just want to tell you that Tanner did so well today. And I'm so proud of him because he is really taking care of his teeth. He's 16. (laughs) I mean, 16. He's not five. But she's like, I'm so proud of him. He's, you know, he made such an improvement from last time. And I said, Tanner, you know, I just want you to know I'm proud of you. And he's like, well, I had to. My dad got in my face. And so as a mom, you know, the first thing I'm like, oh, dear God, she's going to call CPS because she's going to think like his dad is, you know, Mm -hmm. physically harming him. And he's so afraid of his dad that that's the only reason he's brushing his teeth. And I had to explain to her that, you know, Tanner has gone through this whole I'm a teenage boy and I'm just going to test the boundaries thing. So, yes, in fact, his dad did get into his face and tell him that you're going to do certain things and your hygiene is going to be up to par because that's what we expect of you. So you're going to brush your teeth. But it was really nice. She's like, and, you know, so his cute. manners were great. And because last time he was really mean to them because. Well, he has a fear of the he, dentist, too. Yes, I mean, he doesn't like anxiety. it. That's OK. And she understood because I was so embarrassed and I was like, oh, God, I don't even want to go back here. And she said, look, we get they it. They get it all the time. He has anxiety. Yeah. And now they do things. They yeah. do certain things for him to make yeah. him feel a little more comfortable, but I just had to share that. It made me, I told her, I said, I'm about to cry because I just, you don't know the struggles that I've been through with this child. And as a mom of three children that I've birthed Mm -hmm. and raised, you wouldn't think that the last one would give me the run for my money. Well, that one always does, though. You know, it's but I've already had they, the run for my money with the middle they one. Know you're tired. It's because oh. they know you're tired and they smell weakness. I mean, kids smell fear. <laughs> and see, that's the thing. Like Roy and I, we raised those kids together. Even though mm-hmm. he's not the father of my first two kids, he he's been there yeah. for the majority of their lives. So you would think that he would understand that I'm tired. 
I'm just really, really tired because I've been momming for like over 26 years. So just give me a break. Yeah. Just ease up a little bit. And maybe Tanner can understand that, hey, your mom's tired. Maybe cut me some slack. Kids don't care. Just don't be a turd so much. Mm. I want to talk about having things in common with our kids. So Roy was home for the holidays and he wanted to spend some dad time with Tanner. So he said he was going to take him golfing. When he came back, he was like, hey, I need to talk to you. And I really feel bad about even saying this, but I have to admit, I can't relate with Tanner. Like, I feel like we don't have much in common. And I'm like, well, that's weird because I think you guys have a lot in common. And I can- right then in that moment, it flashed me back to when Tanner was born and Roy just wasn't into the whole baby thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't like he was a great dad and he was very yeah, the tiny baby thing is not for yeah, everyone. Just wasn't his thing. And I'm like, why don't you do more like be more active with him? And he's like, I will when he starts moving around. But right mm-hmm. now he's like a potato and yeah, they're not fun. It's not fun for me. And I'm like, oh, man. And I love this. You can have him when he starts moving around because by that point, like, they're not fun for me anymore. Yeah. So anyway, we we got to talking about it. And he's like, you know, at his age, when I was his age, when I was Tanner's age, I wanted to make out with my girlfriend. I was trying to sneak off as much as I could to just go be with her. And Tanner's just not into that. And I remember, and I don't want to embarrass Tanner, so I'll not say too much, but I remember asking Roy like a maybe a year ago, hey, is this normal? Like Tanner's not really into dating like he's into girls and he talks to girls and I know by wanting to wear cologne and wanting to dress a certain way that he likes girls but he just doesn't you know he doesn't have um a steady girlfriend or and some of his friends in it and that's okay and then the more I thought about I'm like oh my god why are you worried about that you should be very thankful because that's one less thing I have to worry about yeah I don't think my oldest is gonna have any interest in it right away either. I don't think that's going to be his thing. I mean, it's not for everybody. Every teenager is different and mm-hmm. they all hit their their teenage bullet points because they all have them. They just hit them at different points. I was excited that my girls, I didn't want them to be into the yeah. same things I was. I was into raising kids at teenage Oh my God. Years, so I don't even. want them. But I remember thinking back to like raising the girls and with Haley, we had a lot in common. She was my first. And basically, when she was born, we were the same age. So it was easy to have a lot in common with her, I guess. <laughs> you raised your best friend. <laughs> I just get birth to my best friend. She's pretty much my age. But she was like into the whole girly things and mm-hmm. high heels and painting nails and makeup right up my alley. Yeah. But then comes along my second <laughs> child. And I'm like, oh, my God, we have absolutely nothing in common. What do I do with you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't like any of the things. And it was like when I would tell her. What I liked, she just probably intentionally didn't like it just because I did. Ah, uh, ooh. You me. know? Yeah. That's what I, that's how I felt. Then comes Tanner. I'm like, okay, this is my third child and he's a boy. I will have nothing in common with him whatsoever. There's just no way because I'm not going to be able to relate mm-hmm. to him. We're going to be into totally different things. But I understood that you have to find a commonality with your kids, I think. You do. I mean, you do. I think it's a reminder when you give birth to something that turns out to be the polar opposite of you. It's a reminder that we're not birthing an extension of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are just birthing them. And these are their own people with their own identities, their own dreams and goals and aspirations and beliefs and like everything. That's it's not us. So yeah, I, I struggle with that because my oldest um, and I have, I think, sometimes absolutely nothing in common. And it's very hard. I just have to remind myself he's not a part of me. 
he's a part of, you know, his own being and who he chooses to be when he grows up. Um, the similarities that he has with his father, again, are not, he's not an extension of his father. Like he is his own person. And the things that he in, or he's into might not be things that I understand, but I at least try. Um, because I think if you don't show your kid, if you don't show an interest in the ki- things your kids want and or are interested in, they're never going to want to come back to you when they're mm-hmm. older. We talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, because it, your kids think that they're a disappointment. I grew up like that. If I wasn't exactly how my parents wanted me to be, which was like a little version of them, I was a disappointment. So, I mean, I just I don't want my kids to ever feel like just because they're different than me. Not even a little bit. They can be whoever they want to be. I don't care. I'll admit as a young mom, I definitely tried to steer my kids into the way I wanted them to be. I wanted them to be interested in the things that I was interested in so that I could relate to them. Back then, I think I only thought my way was the right way. I didn't Mm -hmm. think I couldn't see past what was very close to me. And I just wanted things to just be my way. Mm -hmm. When I got older, I realized, okay, there are so many better ways and different ways to do things yeah. and different ways to be that I want them to be able to choose their own things. I wish I would have had that realization when they were much younger, but I think they still turned out okay. They did. And I don't feel like they had a huge pressure on them. I don't think that kids need an additional pressure of, oh, my parents expect me to be exactly like them. This is a lot, that's a lot of pressure to hold up to, especially if it's vastly different than who mm-hmm. you are. And I had children that are vastly different than Mm -hmm. me. And I think this particular child often thought, oh, if I'm not like my mom, then I'm doing it wrong. And and I hate that because I think that also comes from me. I'll admit that I had the mindset of I'm the parent, so I have to set a boundary. And if I'm too relatable, then they're going to think that we're on the same level and there's a hierarchy. They are not on my level until they reach adulthood. And then we can be equals. But until then, you are my child. It's my job to teach you. But I also needed to let them be their own person and have their own personality. And I think in turn, that's them teaching you. As parents, we don't know what we're doing. This is our first time doing this as well. Just like it's our first time being a kid. It's our first time doing Mm -hmm. this. And with each child, it is a first because they're all so freaking different. If you asked me what raising my first in comparison to my last is, polar opposites. Mm -hmm. Like can't even tell you, I feel like a first time parent sometimes with each of them in different ways. Oh, I definitely feel like a first time parent with Tanner. Yeah. I do. Boy, I mean, yeah, you have a whole different experience. It's just so different. Yeah, there's just so many different ways to be and do things. And I love learning from other parents. I'm always going to other people for advice on different parenting styles. Like, how do you do this? We learn from each other a lot of the times on what to do with certain types of child. But at the end of the day, I don't want, quite frankly, my children to be just like me. There are certain parts of me that I'm like, you know what? I really hope my child gets that, but. I want them to be able to be individuals Mm -hmm. and to come to me and know that we can relate on different things. It doesn't have to be that you do things exactly the way I do. I hope my kids bring new light to things that I've I haven't figured out how to do properly or maybe it took me longer to learn things and it's going to take them. Even if your children aren't like you, I think you can find some some way to relate to them. I believe it's important to just at least make the attempt to relate to them, because if you don't then your connection with them dissipates. I think it's important that as a parent, you come down to their level, not try to expect them to come up to yours and your expectations. They're children. Let them be who they want to be. 
Come down to theirs and meet them in the middle. If you don't try, they they could feel unloved. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can. I mean, I remember that as a kid. You just like, OK, you how feel mis- misunderstood? Yeah, you do. You do. Just find a commonality, shared interests. It can be as little as like with Jack. It was very hard for me because he just likes things that I don't yeah. enjoy. So we, I would find a series. And I'm like, hey, you want to watch this show with me? Because, I mean, at least it's something that can be relatable in any way. You relate to my children sometimes more than I do. Yeah. As long as they have some parent. Yeah. As long as they have some parent, they can almost just be the go-between for everybody else. You almost have like a spokesperson as a parent. You know, you want to be like the one that cheers your kid on Mm -hmm. and is the, the advocate for them in things that sometimes you don't understand. But if you can be that for any of your children or anybody else's child, I think that's important because I think all too often childhood, you can feel very lost. It's very scary. I felt very misunderstood as a child. I just did. I felt very misunderstood, very unheard. And I knew that going into parenthood, I didn't want my own kids to feel like that. I hope my kids don't. And I hope that they didn't. The ones that are already grown. I hope that they know that I'm tough because I'm their mom and it's my job. To make sure that I lead them in the right direction, but I'm also warm and loving. I just want them to know that even if they feel misunderstood, that they have someone that will listen. Like, I want to actually listen to what my kids are going to say or what they want or who they want to be. I don't want to stifle that. No, I do want them to be. That is something that I did tell myself from the beginning. I want them to be whoever they want to be, whatever they want to be. I'm just going to support Taylor was so into band and I could not relate because it just wasn't my thing, but I wanted to be supportive. And if she ended up being a rock star, I'd be on the front row of her orchestra, (laughs) whatever it is that she wanted to do. I'd do that for any of my kids, even if it's not something that I particularly understand or like. (laughs) Okay, y'all get in touch with us. We love to hear from our listeners. Send us topics that you'd like us to discuss. And if you want to learn more about us and hear all of our stories from the beginning, Check out our website, pastchaos.com. If you want a more personal insight into the craziness that is our lives, follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Also, you can now stream season one of You, Me, and My Ex on Discovery+. Plus. Shit show mom moment of the week. Well, I thought of something because it's my turn. Roy and I raised three kids together. And I think as parents, you've got to step out of the box on different punishments for your kids mm-hmm. you know because you the same old thing it, it tends to not work yeah eventually because they're like oh this oh i can handle that you want to ground me for a day got it time out nothing works yeah. so roy his favorite thing to do because if anybody has girls and boys um they do this sometimes i've noticed but girls are very good at slamming doors. Oh, yes. They love to slam doors and then they love to lock themselves into my a room. took my door off. Oh, yes. So Roy's solution for this problem was to take their doors off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, his idea was that privacy is a privilege. And if you want to act full, you're just not going to have a door. And now normally I supported him and everything. Yeah. But I am OCD. I knew that we needed to be united front, but I don't want people to see my mess. And you're going to take a bedroom door off of two little girls oh, God. that are filthy and nasty and don't clean up after themselves. It, it, that was my that was a punishment for me. <laughs> that was no longer a punishment for my kids. So I made him put them back on I'm like, no, this is not going to happen. Well, then the girls are like, oh, he would threaten this. And they're like, oh, mom's not going to let you do that. Well, then comes the day where Taylor decides. She's no longer going to school. And she may have been in first grade by this point. I love this. But she's not going to school. So she 
runs away from the bus stop and runs and locks herself in the bathroom door. Roy gets home. He's like, bathroom door comes off. We no longer have a bathroom door. Again, I went through with it and I'm like, all right, take the bathroom door off. But at some point, it drives you nuts. Put it back on. I don't want people to watch me take a poop. (laughs) I don't want that. So like, where's the balance here in this parenthood? What do you do besides taking the doors off? I don't know. So I had beads in my doorway. Oh, so my parents did take my door when I was a teenager at varying points. Um, Either that or they would at least remove the doorknob. So I couldn't lock it. I could still keep a shut door. So the doorknob um, was kind of like, I think, a happy medium. That way I couldn't lock the door. I couldn't slam the door. I mean, I guess you could kind of slam it, but it doesn't have that same effect because there's mm-hmm. no doorknob. There's mm-hmm. no lock. There's no nothing. That would have been such a better idea. Yeah. I couldn't have thought of that. Yeah. So just remove the doorknob if that is an issue. I haven't ever had to do that with the boys. Not to say that they haven't slammed doors. They definitely have. But I mean, honestly, I slam doors. So <laughs> supposed to do I know, and i guess that was my other thing I'm like well what happens if i want to slam the door listen we don't have the phones where you can hang up and slam oh, anymore no. the closest i have to that is the door slam so let me just have that slamming door, slamming cabinets yes, you know whatever you. it takes but i just, you know i guess kids just need to know that you have the bigger balls that's what i think like hey my balls are bigger and you're gonna find that out if we don't have any bathroom doors you're gonna be watching me <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. If you'd like to find out more about the Kirks and our big blended family, visit our website at pastchaos.com. Make sure you don't miss out on any of this train wreck and chaos by hitting the subscribe button. If you really want to get personal, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Be sure to tune in every Sunday when we release new episodes. We would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to and review our podcast. And just so y'all know, we love Jesus, but we cuss a little. 